Welcome to Voices of the Valley, a new radio show where we will be interviewing growers, entrepreneurs, educators, and technologists who are inventing new solutions for today's and tomorrow's challenges on the farm. I'm your host, Dennis Donahue, the lead of the Western Growers Center for Innovation and Technology. In each episode, we will be exploring what's challenging and new in agricultural innovation. Today I'm visiting with uh, Drew Kettleson, who is uh, HMC's Ranch Operations Manager over in the Central Valley. Drew, good to visit with you and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. No, it's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to our conversation. You know, we uh, the WGA uh, was over in Reedley last week talking about some of the challenges that uh, uh, that you see going on in the, the, the Central Valley. So t- talk a little bit... Uh, uh, you know, certainly over here we're talking about water and food safety and those sorts of things. What what are kind of the top of mind issues over in the in the Central Valley? Are they the, are they the same? Or are they different? Yeah, I think water uh, and food safety are universal across pretty much all commodities. Um, out in the Central Valley, we're a little more labor intensive. Um, you know, pre production, uh, pre harvest costs are getting really expensive and with the supply and quality of labor going down, it gets tougher and tougher every single year. Well, one so, of the questions, and, know, I, and I want to go into that, uh, just before we get off the topic of water, what are the differences between the water discussion in the Central Valley versus, uh, let's say, over here on the on the coast? Is, uh, is, 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 is given the nature of your crops and they're in the ground year-round, uh, you know, in terms of orchards, uh, vineyards, that sort of thing. Is that is that kind of what starts it all off and being in just a different situation to begin with? Right, right, yeah. You know, the difference, of course, out here is we have a lot of permanent crops. And so uh, looking at the future in Sigma and the unknowns of where we will be as far as water availability uh, is a huge concern for us because unlike a, uh, an annual crop or row crops, we can't choose to fallow portions uh, for a water allotment. We've got a certain amount of acreage that needs to be watered every year or you lose that entire investment. It takes at least two years, three years to get these things into production and start getting money back to the ranch. Okay. Well, and obviously that's a big difference than, let's say, the, the central coast area where depending upon your plant, what you're planting and time of year you're planting, you could be anywhere from you know, a 35-day to you know, 100, 110, 120 days. So we're turning things pretty, pretty quickly on the central coast. And then the other thing, so you're, you're saying you're, you're two to three years to even to get to the point of production. And then, and then, then that investment typically is in the ground for seven to 10 years or even longer sometimes. Uh, typically our, you know, vineyards will be in production for uh, quite a while. You know, we're still unsure about these new varieties and how long they'll last, but I would say, you know, 15 to 25 years is pretty easy. In stone fruit, we are typically in the 12 to 18-year pullout range, so you really only have, you know, and the first year of production is not, is nothing significant. It helps cover the bills, but most most years it won't cover all your costs. So we're talking about, you know, maybe 10 years of of good, good production earn some money so in terms of innovation and technology around water is it is it really most a matter of uh, getting as much information as possible so you can be as precise as possible because it sounds like you don't have uh, a, a lot of flexibility given the nature of the investment and the crops in terms of your options 
Right, yeah, the most catastrophic thing that could happen to us would be uh, a water budget, you know, a water ceiling that we receive that doesn't meet our minimum requirements. Um, you know, putting a cap on us that doesn't get us to produce our crop properly uh, totally devalues our land and handicaps our operation. So, so technology that helps you to be as precise as possible and efficient as possible, you know, kind of on the, da the data analytics side, that, that sounds like that's really a real important part of uh, uh, the innovation and technology agenda as it relates to water in the Central Valley. Right, right. And it's, it's a matter of being efficient and using just enough to get you by uh, with good results, but also using this technology to show what the vines need, what the trees need and what the inputs are required to give some actual information to the, to the regulatory bodies. Because at some point, they just throw out a, a random number because that's what they hear, that's what they think, without any information to back it up. So, you know, it kind of goes both ways to, to help us show what we need and to also utilize, you know, the water properly. So one of the opportunities of technology, if, you can, if there's a little accurate scorekeeping, then, then you're able to uh, get things as close as possible to a fact fact-based uh, narrative, which, which ultimately should be beneficial to the production side of things. Correct. Good. Okay, well, now let's jump into it. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time last week uh, with the, um, the event we had in Reedley, uh, time out in the, in the orchards and groves. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the nature of the uh, autom automation challenges that you have. I mean, there, you know, we certainly know from a... Uh, from a vegetable standpoint, the you know the, the the challenge right now is you know how do you how do you get it up off off the ground you know the really kind of the holy grail is uh, the the harvest the harvest side so what we have to do is a little different on the vegetable side how, what are the uh, issues and challenges on the uh, on the fruit you know fruit side whether it's stone fruit table grapes citrus how do you see that. I think the funny kind of flip side of that is the challenge with our commodities that they're up off the ground. Uh, we are uh, trying to, you know, get some kind of technology that is smart enough and agile enough to be able to manipulate, say, a grape bunch or to be able to distinguish which piece of uh, stone fruit is ready for harvest is extremely difficult. Um, we're starting to set up our our orchards and vineyards to be more more linear to allow for automation. Uh, but the hardest part is just the the variability in the field. Um, you know, it's it's a tree, each tree is shaped a little different, each vine is shaped a little different, uh, and that structure is permanent, so you can't keep massaging it. You know, when you get it up and formed, that is what you have. So having technology that is smart enough to be able to adapt in each field and each different variety is, is one of the major challenges we have. And, and you just alluded to that uh, there also has to be some changes on the agronomic cultural side of growing as well. It's, just, it's not just a matter of, you know, really a strong hand on computer visioning or, you know, companies like Soft Robotics introducing technology. They're, they're, they're going to have to be some field changes as well. Right, correct. What, uh, what from your standpoint, uh, are you encouraged progress is possible? And if, if so, how long do you think it will take? You know, I'm, I'm very encouraged. Uh, I think you have to be. Otherwise, it's just too much doom and gloom. Um, 
I, I believe that we are two years out, you know, it, and it, I believe it'll happen in stages. At first, right now, we're kind of setting up for automation, and it'll be, say, mechanical assist in a, in a basic uh, form, say, a, a platform going through the field. Then it'll be a platform with some technology to help you help the people harvest, and then eventually it'll be fully automated where a machine is picking a peach off a tree uh, or pruning a tree, thinning a tree. So I, I think this first stage where you're kind of getting at least a good chunk of the labor uh, covered with some kind of technology is hopefully two years out. Um, that is both in stone fruit and grapes. Well, you know, you know, one of the things I was, I was struck by, you know, because you're talking about the, you know, you know, the farm of the future is going to look uh, different, more automated, different skills required to uh, operate the equipment. You know, I was intrigued by your background. Uh, you know, as you know, a lot of folks in ag uh, e either uh, marry into it or uh, grow up in it. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you have an, an engineering background and a I, I was struck by, and, and uh, you're saying, you know, kind of re telling the story of, you know, farmers are talking about the next farmer I'm going to hire as an engineer. You really have a unique background and perspective on on, on the automation issue. Right. You know, I, I think having that outside perspective um, really helps kind of give you a clean slate and lets you make some decisions and relieve yourself from the past of what has been done for generations. Uh, you know, so I married into farming as well, so I'm kind of a import and married into it, and uh, the family has, you know, a century or more of farming practice here on, here on our acreage, and being able to come in and see that and to be able to adapt it to the next, the next generation is going to be pretty fun. So, and having just a, a technical and analytical background is, is a big help in today's world. Well, and one, one last question for you, you know, so talk, talking about, you know, what, what lies, lies ahead and, uh, uh, you know, the issues of, of uh, availability of, of labor, you know, there's, a, there's really a statewide conversation taking place right now about, uh, um, you know, that we're almost going to have to develop a, a new kind of worker for agriculture in the future that, um, you know, a dual track of uh, understanding agriculture, but, uh, but also having a, uh, a STEM background or certainly much more technical prowess than has typically been associated with uh, um, activity on the farm. I, I think we can all agree there's great craftsmanship and skill involved in, uh, in, in what currently goes on, but, and that's the challenge to to replace that, so we're going to be looking at a at a different kind of worker. How, how do you get there? How what's what do you think the process is going to be for developing talent in the future? You know, I think one thing that helps is having this new technology coming out. I mean, it is so exciting. It's so interesting. Uh, it's it's top of the line, and so that is attracting young people that are interested in you know using new technologies. It's not just okay, what's the next variety we plant? Uh, go ahead and water it, pick it, take it to the packing house. There's really exciting stuff happening in packing houses out in the field and cold storage facilities. Um, so I think just the nature of the job and how it's developing and changing in today's world is going to attract a lot more young talent. Um, you know, the days of, of spending just 
a ton of hours out in the field in the heat in the sun uh, is hopefully going to be reduced by just the nature of technology coming in and automation playing a role. So I think this younger generation is finding it really inter interesting to come out here and develop those things and be on the forefront of it. You know, it's not like this is a mature market and we're kind of moving laterally. This is just big, huge steps forward. And so that's, I find that appealing, and I kind of feel that college-age kids and younger folks will, will find that appealing as well. Well, terrific. Well, um, we'll end things on that, uh, that optimistic and hopeful note, and uh, thanks, thanks very much for uh, joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Okay, okay. thanks, Drew. Thanks for listening today. Voices of the Valley is brought to you by Western Grower Center for Innovation and Technology, and this episode has been sponsored by Hartnell Community College. Tune in for a new episode.